Hello and a very warm welcome to Parents' Evening, helping you to explore and understand all your child's options. I'm Kat Heppel, I work in communications here at UCAS and I've got an expert panel with me today to help guide you through all things clearing. What is it? How does it work? Is it just a last resort? We are going to dive into all of that for you and I'm going to let the panel introduce themselves. Hi, my name's Courtney Shepherd. I'm Head of Customer Contact at UCAS. Uh, my expertise is in the application process itself, so all of the nuts and bolts, if you, your son or your daughter have had to contact us or will need to contact us, come through my team. So hopefully you'll be able to shed a light on some of the things about clearing. Hi, I'm Kim Eccleston. I'm Head of Strategy and Reform at UCAS, so I look after improving that application experience right the way through into higher education. I also have a background in the sector, so I've had around 15 uh, years of clearing within the sector, um, so hopefully I can bring that today as well. Uh, and I'm Elliot Newstead. I'm the Head of UK Student Recruitment and Outreach at the University of Leicester. Uh, and what that means in practice is my team looks after our advice and guidance that we provide to students, to teachers, but also to parents and carers throughout the year on all things university and particularly clearing uh, and I also look after the clearing call centre on the day so the main kind of hub of activity uh, comes through myself and our admissions team. Great so we've got a panel that's used to the emotion of uh, results day and knows exactly what's going through students and parents minds at that moment so let's go to clearing and I think it's probably worth us just explaining what clearing actually is because it's so different even from my day when I applied all those years ago it's so different I think now in the way it is and it's used so what is it how does it work so I think from the from the university side it's for it's an opportunity clearing for students to almost hit refresh and assess it is is the decision that they made uh, at the initial time of making an application is that still the right one for them um, it might be that that decision has been made for them if they've maybe slightly missed their their grades they might be looking for an alternative place for that particular reason or it might be they've had a change of mind uh, in that in that kind of subsequent time over the spring and summer and it gives that chance to kind of really assess what is the right decision for them and have a look at places available at universities across the country. So that's interesting it's not a last resort is it I mean that's really obvious there you're talking about options and choices clearing is all about choice um it's at ucas what we try and do with the application process is give people opportunities to make choices throughout the whole period so when your first your application first comes in if things change you can go through something called extra and then if things change again you can go through clearing there are lots of options available it's not a last chance saloon anymore. It, it used to be. It's, it's not just anymore. another round of the process, exactly. isn't it? It's another opportunity to see what vacancies and courses are out there and what might be a good fit for you, whether you're holding a place already or not. Mm. I think that's really interesting. I wonder if all parents and, and um, guardians know that. I wonder whether there's still some myth. Would you agree that, that for some they still think that clearing is this sort of, you've got no other option so you've got to go there rather than actually seeing it as a space that is actually a really amazing place to go and explore and discover? Definitely. I think we tend to think of it how it looked when we went through the process, often if we went through that process. And it's definitely the case that maybe 10, 20 years ago, it had a reputation of being that last chance. It's something that you only do if you didn't get the grades. Um, but we noticed so many people using it as a positive route um, that we actually introduced in 2019 the opportunity for students who had had a great outcome, they got the place they wanted, but that they could choose to enter clearing anyway because they had found additional options out there that they wanted to pursue. So it's 
definitely changed its in terms of how it's perceived. Mm. Interesting to hear that um, example there of somebody who got the grades, got what they actually had intended to go for and then changed their minds. Are you, do we see more and more young people using clearing then as a mind-changing um, situation? You know, are they able to go in there and kind of swap and, and, and change their minds? Yeah, I mean, we've had research over the last two to three years from students to ask them about what they think of clearing. Um, some of them see it clearly as a, a trading up opportunity, you know, so they've got their place secured. Once they get their grades, they're going to have a think. What what am I going to do? So the mind changes that uh, that cohort of students is, is getting bigger. And it's great that UCAS provides that opportunity for them to do that. Life, life, sorry, <laughs> life can change a lot during that last year of study and often it's that process of finishing your course and going through that examination process that helps you realize this is the subject I really want to do so you'll see people change their minds about the discipline it might be personal circumstances and geography so actually I need to study closer to home for example and clearing is a great way to find that that course that suits you at the right time. Nelly, what's a university's attitude to these mind changes I mean do you welcome them or do you think they're a bit wishy-washy in their choices. I mean, how do you approach those young people that come and actually change their mind in clearing? Yeah, we, we approach it really positively. We will welcome calls from students who are making different decisions for, for varying reasons, really. We And we see it as well or every year within the call centre itself that I said right at the start that we look after. We see students ringing with, with um, opportunities or examples where they have got that decision to make. They've got into their firm choice university, but actually they're looking to, to have the, have a change of mind. Students that are looking for places because they maybe have been rejected by their firm choice university or students that haven't applied in the main cycle at all that are looking for for places at, at Leicester. We saw, it was notable last year, we saw quite a lot of students that had applied to us as an institution in the main cycle, but chosen somewhere else as their firm choice. Um, but we're looking to see whether we would still welcome them back with open arms um, on, on results day. And absolutely, that is the case. And that, that, that was something that really shone through last year. And uh, it's, it's an interesting kind of dynamic to the to the call centre that we hadn't really seen that much in, in previous years. So there's that real sort of explore element to it now, isn't there? Which I think it's probably reassuring, I would think, for lots of parents. So let, let's talk then about... I suppose what people might more traditionally think of clearing for, which is for those students who don't get the grades uh, that they were hoping for and that they need to take up their offers. What happens to them? How do they use clearing? So they would give, um, what would usually happen is they would probably give us a call uh, once they've received their grades from their from their school or college. They, they would have probably received an email notifying them of the decision that had been made on their application in advance of receiving their grade on, uh, grades on that morning. Um, and we would we would normally expect to start to receiving calls once students have maybe either been into school or college or received them online from that from wherever they uh, have studied before um, asking us if, if we do, a do we have a place on X course available and, and then we, we would go through a, a fairly simple script with them in terms of answer asking particular questions about their, their grades and personal details in terms of email address and, and everything like that. And ultimately be able to kind of confirm over the phone whether we are able to make them an offer with the grades that they have at that point. Um, so it's, it's, it's a relatively simple process from our side. It's essentially a conversation, a friendly conversation with someone that's a staff or a student ambassador on the phone uh, to determine that, that ability to be made an offer or not. And what if the offer, there, there is no offer, what if because of the grades you don't get to, you don't get accepted? What, what choices have you got then? Well, I guess to start with, when, when students find out that they haven't got a place, it can be quite, a, quite an emotional time. Um, 
whether that's for the student or parents or both or whoever is supporting the student through that. Um, but actually what, what there is is, is there's something called Clearing Plus, which helps students look at the matches that, that we have used the students' data, their uh, qualifications, um, other people like them, what courses did they go on to study, and then paired that with different entry requirements that some of the universities might have in terms of what they're looking for at Clearing. So rather than, there's about 30,000 courses available every year in Clearing, that's a lot. Um, that moment of high anxiety, that's it's almost useless, it's just too many. Um, so Clearing Plus helps the student to sort of refine that down and have a, a bit of scaffolding to start with and where to begin that research. So uh, if you're worried that your grades aren't good enough or aren't going to be good enough, have a look at that list as your starting point. And that will put you in touch with the different universities who, you know, gives you a starting reference point and you can go from there. I think the great thing about Results Day in particular is that the the clearing system itself on, on UCAS.com doesn't open until the afternoon. So you have all of that time in the morning. If you want to make a couple of different calls, contact a few different universities, check out some different options, um, you have the time and space to do that and you won't be missing out because that functionality won't have opened quite yet. It's so the same for everyone as well, exactly, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So that's actually really important because I think there's often a feeling of panic. You know, I, I don't get, I haven't got what I thought I was going to get. What on earth do I do? And, and am I going to run out of time? So actually, that's really important that there's that window. So how do parents help their students use that window? I and mean, what, what are some great tips about making the most of that opportunity then as you absorb your results and look to what you might need to plan ahead of clearing opening? What parents can do is, is support their, their son or their daughter or if they're a guardian to support that person with doing some research, uh, having a plan B in case things don't go according to plan. You know, don't, don't leave that all until the day of receiving those results where, you know, emotion can get the better of you and you, you, could, you could make some snap decisions you may regret. So just draw up a short list of, of maybe courses or universities you might be interested in going to if things don't go according to plan. Or actually, if you get your results and you're like, oh, maybe I might want to go and do this anyway. So the, the, I would say the best way to support is by having some prior research to see what options are out there. I think it's also really helpful for parents to think about some of the practical elements of the day and be that sort of cool, calm person that can look after those. So whether it's making sure that you've got some snacks stashed away somewhere to keep them going, keep the energy going. Um, a top tip that I really like is to have um, two mobile phones with you. So there'll be one that um, the student's using to make those calls because it should be the students having that conversation with the universities. But then maybe if you can lend them your phone to take incoming calls, it means that that incoming call isn't going to be missed while they're busy perhaps contacting other universities and taking up those opportunities. So make sure that nothing gets missed That's on the such day. That's a good insider tip. <laughs> I really like that Well, I wouldn't have thought to have the two phones on the go, but actually that's really true. It's, yeah. I guess it takes some of that pressure off. It's that classic parent as receptionist. It's absolutely <laughs> playing out. Yeah, I think I'd, I'd really agree with that because as, as, a, as a university, I think other universities do this as well. Once we've made a clearing offer over the phone, we ask the, one of our academic members of staff from that particular subject to then give the student a call back. So that's the reason there, there might be some incoming calls as well to kind of talk through that option in more detail because at that stage they may have kind of done a little bit of research but they haven't got the chance to have visited straight away the university to have a kind of talk on the course so it's that opportunity to make that informed decision after having a conversation about 
the, the subject involved. So absolutely having a couple of phones and also maybe setting a slightly earlier alarm um, <laughs> or, or having an alarm, alarm that you've set yourself um, because as the peak of the, of the day, really, particularly results day, we see um, calls wise is usually between 10 and 11 a.m. That's that's kind of our, our consistently busiest period as a university. Um, so having chance to kind of take stock of what's happened in terms of the decision that they would have been made via email, the grades they might have gone to receive. If that's all being done after kind of 11 a.m., if an alarm's not gone off, then um, it's, yeah, it's an interesting one. I think that's a really good point around that peak, isn't it, Elliot? Because one of the things that universities can't do is um, tell students what grades they've got. So they will be able to see their A-level results through UCAS, um, but they can't talk to the students about it. So they have to have collected their grades first, don't they? Um, so if you do have an overexcited person with you who thinks, maybe I can phone in at eight and get in there quickly, um, you can be that voice of reason to say, look, we've got to go and collect those results first. I think um, added to that, there's, parents can also support the students with finding out the facts. Um, one of those being that UCAS does not go live at midnight. <laughs> it's a myth which we need to talk about every year. Um, so for, for anybody wanting to stay up until midnight and just double check, <laughs> you're just losing out some sleep. Don't do that. <laughs> Great tip. So go to bed early, yeah. get a good night's sleep and set the alarm early. So there's some really some very, very simple things you can do. Elliot, if uh, a student does decide to completely change what they're doing and they're ending up going somewhere different, what happens to things like accommodation that would have been perhaps sorted before but you suddenly find yourself at going to a new university or doing something different yeah it's a really interesting one because we do see that year on year being a, a real um kind of maybe either a sticking point or a point of anxiety in, in a, both a student and a parent's mind at leicester we provide um university managed accommodation places for students uh, all students that select us by the 1st of september so that includes that that um student cohort that join us through clearing and another other universities will have either similar or different approaches to their accommodation so it's worth doing that research in advance as to how that is allocated at the different universities because some of it will be down to, to space available some will um kind of ring fence a certain number of, of, of accommodation rooms some might be slightly um shorter in terms of availability so it really does depend on probably the institution they're thinking about but what we've uh, what we provide and what we find is that um that weekend after after results day is a really good opportunity to then go and have a look around things like university accommodation uh, to really get a sense of that do i feel comfortable here all the kind of conversations you've probably thought about at the kind of open day stage you can almost re rehab with yourself and rehab with your with your student as well so there will be places available in accommodation they might be more limited in terms of type of facility or uh, where it might be located um, but it's worth kind of factoring that into that. Where, where do you ring on results day? I think with, to add to that, uh, you know, when, when students are thinking about going into clearing and they're thinking about speaking to different universities and asking some questions, one, obviously you need to think about whether you've got the grades or whether you want to go there, whether you'll be offered the place, but have a list of questions yourself. So one of them being about accommodation, might be about student life, those kinds of things. So if you speak to several different universities, you gather several different options, then you're going in well informed to make the right decision for you. Back to research again, isn't it? Be prepared. One of the things I did wonder about, I suppose, is um, as a parent or guardian, you've got this anxious moment, haven't you? You've got a teen um, who's kind of waiting anxiously for these results. So you've got all of their emotions to cope with, um, but of course your own. I mean, there's expectation, isn't there, as parents and hopes and ambitions and dreams, and we all carry them as much as probably with the students do. So I just wonder if you've got any tips 
for parents, you know, if it doesn't go the way you thought and the way you were hoping, how to kind of manage that, you know, not just your your young person's emotions, but also your own. Any thoughts on on how to handle that? Yeah, I think some of it is is what Courtney mentioned earlier, actually, is about kind of having that maybe conversation in advance of what, and it doesn't have to necessarily always be with your with your child that it may have either an, an internal conversation with just yourself or, or a partner, whoever it might be as to what, what can we do in terms of our own personal situation, whether it be keeping that weekend after results day free to maybe visit an alternative university or, or revisit the, the, the place that they have chosen to go in, in initially. Um, having some, yeah, the more practical snacks in the cupboard are, um, afterwards. So I think it's that planning really, because one of the things we do see year on year um, is our parents kind of trying to, be on the phone with their with their child to us to a university and it really doesn't help the situation um actually it, it needs a bit more clarity so i think having having that kind of thought process in advance um can take a the, the, the student stress away but also a bit of the anxiety away from the parent as well i think it's also having a bit of pragmatism and considering what this step means in the round so uh, for your son or your daughter or whoever you're looking after this might well be their most important milestone um, and of course, it, it is important, but uh, think of all the other things which life offers. You are more than the sum of your grades. So think about that as well. But offer that supportive kind of nurturing presence as well. <laughs> Some really good tips. I really like that. Um, so in terms of the practical stuff, then it's it's results day as a parent. What can you do for your child? So, for example, could I pick the phone up and ring you, Cass, and say, Please help. We're in a muddle here. Guide us through it. Can I do that as a parent? I mean, there's nothing stopping you from dialing the number. Um, you'll get through to us and one of the team will be nice and helpful. But what we can't do is give any specifics. So we need to speak to the student to really go into the nuts and bolts about what's happening and what to do next. So I, I would suggest get a list of numbers together for the different institutions. Um, have the UCAS number there ready as well that kind of preparedness will, will help rather than trying to do it on on your, your son or daughter's behalf. And like you said, Courtney, it's not all about the day. So um, things like this podcast, lots of um, universities as well as UCAS will have information in the lead up to the day. So you can do all of that in advance, really make sure you understand the process and are well equipped to support that student through it. I think as well, there are usually most universities and we do this at Leicester we we have other communication channels that are open throughout the day in terms of kind of the more information gatherings whether it's a live chat or um tagging us on social media that sort of thing so if, if there is dialogue that you want to have with a university that isn't super specific about the the student application or their own personal data which we, we definitely can't have with with the parent you could also think about how you'd utilize those channels um and, and try and kind of gather information whilst they might be on, on hold on a phone um, as well. So I think it's, it's a kind of a two-way approach, really. Lovely. Such great tips. Thank you all so much. I think I have learned to plan well in advance, be supportive, and don't helicopter parent. I think that's, those are your kind of main, main themes, am I right? <laughs> yeah. Thank you all so much for joining us today. That is the end of this episode of Parents' Evening. A big thank you for joining us. We hope that you found it useful and inspiring and we've given you some tips to take away. Don't forget there are other episodes in this podcast series, so do be sure to check those out to uh, gather lots of tips and ideas to help support you and your child. Uh, throughout the next uh, few weeks. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll see you next time.